0: Hello and welcome to Two Girls in a Pot. I'm Sharon. I'm Christy. And we are very excited today to
1: have a guest on. Yes, we would like to welcome Marie McComb. Hi. Thank you so much for being on today. Marie, are you originally from Monte Vista? I
2: am. I wasn't born, but I was raised in Monta Vista.
0: Okay. <laughs> Same, close enough, right?
2: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So what's kind of cool is we met you because you actually work for the Monta Vista Journal. Yes. And what do you do for the Mata Vista
2: Journal? I'm a reporter for the Journal.
0: Okay. So you were kind enough to do an interview with us. And in talking to you during the interview, we kind of started to learn a little bit about your life. It's kind of an inspiring thing for us, you know, and one of the things that we really focus on when we're doing our podcast is those people who inspire, who who will have adversity in their life, but they still figure out a way. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So let's talk a little bit about yours.
1: Well, it sounds like that you have your, a lot going on. Yeah, you have a lot of things that you're involved <laughs> in. It sounds like so you have the Montevista Journal and then you also do something with the radio station, right? Is that correct?
2: Um, So I used to work for the radio station. I was there for 15 years. I recently worked a little bit for them. They hired me on For about a month which didn't work out because i have three other jobs so um, i ended up staying with them a couple of weeks and then having to leave so it didn't work out the way i wanted it to but i definitely did have a little bit to do with them yes okay Okay, so
0: three other jobs what else do you do
2: yes so i also work for hr block in alamosa Mm -hmm. i'm a full-time accountant year-round and then i also was working for hr block corporate during tax season as well. Mm-hmm. So that was just like supposed to be home-based, but I'd carry my laptop and do taxes that way. And then I have my own t-shirt vinyl shop as well. So those were my other three jobs that I had in the radio station. Just didn't work work out at the time, but yes.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is there a reason you want to ha- work three jobs? <laughs> Four jobs? I mean, because I don't know. I don't know a whole lot of people say I get up every morning because I want to work three jobs. <laughs>
2: yeah, Actually, no, I'll being honest with you. I would love it if I could just have one. Full time job that I could work, but my husband and I were unfortunately in a bad car accident in 2012 and he stayed permanently disabled. And so he does receive Social Security income, but unfortunately, I mean, it's you, you know how it is. Yeah, it's hard. not It's yeah, inflation's tough. So I'm working more just to take care of my family. I have two little boys and they're both autistic. And so that presents a challenge in itself as well because things for them are a lot more expensive. Mm-hmm. I'm a mom that definitely cares about her kids and. I spend lots of money on all of their stuff just to make sure I can accommodate them. So that plus my bills and my mortgage, I mean, it's just, it, it doesn't happen for me to just work one job. I have to work more than one to take care of my family. So.
0: And I think that's hard because, you know, we have so many things that come along that are just really unexpected. And then, you know, you can either sit back and kind of wallow in it or, or say, okay, whatever, I can't do this. Or you kind of sit there and say, what made you decide that instead of just saying, oh, well, forget it. To take the path of, I'm going to take care of my family?
2: Honestly, I attribute that to my mom. My mom's a very strong person. And growing up, she didn't have my dad's help. Growing up, I remember I love my dad to pieces, but he was an alcoholic. And I remember him always being off in his own little world and not helping my mom. And she always wanted the best for us. So she bought a house, you know, she wanted to raise us in a house. Being raised in the projects is not a bad thing at all, but she wanted to show her kids that they needed to work for things that they had. And she always did when we were little, you know, she'd put us to to do chores and stuff and she would pay us and give us money sometimes, but she would always say, you have to work for whatever you have. It's always got to be you. You've got to make sure that you pull your weight. Life's not going to be free. You always have to do this, you know? So in being married to my husband and, and being with him for a couple of years and then just having kids late and everything else that I did, I was like, you know what? I don't want to raise my kids in the projects either. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But I want them to see that working hard, they can get something and they have to, you know, want to get somewhere in order to to have things. So that's why I did what I did. You know, I said, I'm going to go get multiple jobs. I'm going to pay my mortgage. I'm going to keep my house. I'm going to make sure I keep a roof over my kid's head and I'm going to make sure they have the best of everything in life because my mom couldn't always do that for us. We weren't raised with a silver spoon, but we certainly learned the value of a dollar. And that was really important to me, too. So that's what I've done for them. (laughs)
0: So you said you have two kids? I do. And both of them are on the autism spectrum. They are. So when we talk about the autism spectrum, where would you say they fall in? Are they high functioning, mid, lower? Absolutely.
2: My oldest is severe. Um, My oldest is nonverbal. He can't Mm -hmm. talk at all. He does have a lot of sleep problems as well. So that makes things difficult in my life. Because most of the time he only wants mom when mom's there. (laughs) Mm. He doesn't want dad. Which Mike has been great because Mike is actually stepdad. But he's been there since he was two years old. His Mm. real dad isn't really part of the picture. So um, Mike's been awesome. My younger one I would say is higher functioning. But he does speak very slowly. His neurotransmitters don't fire all the time. So sometimes it's hard because he can't really understand things that mom tells him. I have to tell him two or three times, and he has to talk to me in the same way. So both of them present many challenges. I, I would say the sleep factor is a little bit harder than anything because I don't sleep, um, but my little one does sleep, thankfully. He does sleep.
0: So <laughs> okay. just real quickly, <clears throat> when you say the sleep, because I think sometimes people don't know. In, in treating autism, I, I often find that people have this idea of Rain Man or all these yes. <laughs> all these servants and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and they don't understand or you know when we look at dr temple grand and you know we see her she was nonverbal. they her mom just was really persistent you know and Mm -hmm. thank goodness for that because you know she has this brilliant mind who has contributed so much to the world not only in the arena of the cattle and all of that but in autism as well
2: absolutely you know
0: and talk a little bit about
2: what you mean by the sleep thing sure absolutely so for jc ever since he was little, he's had bad sleep disturbances always. I mean, it could be because he likes scary movies like his mom, but I don't really think so. (laughs) He's watched scary movies since he was little, but I don't think that has anything to do with it. I have put him on a gluten, wheat, and dairy-free diet. That's what I've done since he was little because I've kind of followed what Jenny McCarthy did for her little boy, feeling like, I think, nutrition and gut have a lot to play in the autism stuff. I don't care what anybody says. I've done research. You know, it's been proven. I've seen all of this. I know that that has a lot to do with it. So when JC was little, he would wake up literally every hour and a half and just couldn't sleep. It was horrible. Being a single mom up until he was two was really hard. I mean, it was difficult. Even now, because my husband is sick and can't stay up with him, it's hard. But his sleep disturbances now are really not as bad. But what happens is is he has a hard time falling asleep. So sometimes he'll go to sleep at one, two, three o'clock in the morning, sometimes four or five, and he's gluten, wheat and dairy free. But it's his little brain that just doesn't want to shut down. And that's what's hard. And I try different things. I've tried melatonin. Many people tell me, try melatonin, Marie. I tried melatonin. He was up for three days. I actually had to admit him to the hospital. And they had to give him Benadryl, a high dose of Benadryl to put him to sleep. Because it acted as an upper rather than a downer. Just like one night he drank some Mountain Dew and he was out for the count. But that doesn't always happen. (laughs) So it's hard. His sleep is really hard.
0: Well, and I think that's what it is, you know, when we talk and, you know, we talk a lot about overall health. I don't think people realize, you know, when you talk about gut health and, you know, when I do my practice, I really try to be a little more holistic in it. So I'll ask people, what is it you're eating? Mm -hmm.
1: What is it you're drinking? And, you know. She's done a lot of trainings recently on that in particular, you know, the gut health and how it impacts the mental health. That's awesome. And yeah. it took us a hot
0: minute to realize we have a gluten intolerance. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, it was like,
2: oh, my God. And you know it's inflammation and so many bad things to your life. It's hard. Yeah. And,
0: you know, and I think that when people don't understand and, and we add more gluten, you know, there's a whole bunch of reason for it. You know what that whole thing is. And, you know, but I think that when we don't take care of, you know, I always tell people food is fuel for your body. If you're not putting in that high quality fuel for it, it's not going to run at optimum. I don't care who we are.
2: Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. I agree with you.
0: Just how much of that is impacting even our mental health. You know, we're looking at that. And people don't understand. People are like, well, you know, when we talk about serotonin. We're talking to people that are like, you take the serotonin, which is the SSRIs, you know, for depression and that. But people don't understand, most of our serotonin is made in our gut.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that, so that's interesting to know. Yes, a majority, I think
0: it's up to 80% in our gut. Wow. (laughs) And, you know, so when we talk about that, it's how do we really look at that? And then how do we use food as something that is helpful for us versus harmful? And particularly in kids. Kids will be there. I worked in schools, and I would be there like, oh, God. You know, sometimes sugar with kids and all of these things that are impacting them. And what it does is it impacts them in a way that they have negative consequences.
2: Yes, it does, absolutely. How old are your boys? My oldest is going to be 15 this year, and my little guy's going to be 10 in October. So, okay.
0: Okay. And what kind of services do they have? So, do they do
2: ABA? Do they? What really stinks is I've always thought about moving to the city. Because I know there are just excellent services in the city versus small town. I myself tried to learn some ABA therapy (laughs) and tried to help them with it early on. I have both of the boys involved in something called Gemini. It's an online system Mm -hmm. and it does involve ABA therapy. It involves skills, lessons. I try to do that stuff with them in the summer just to keep them going so they don't regress before school starts again. Because I see a lot of really good expressive qualities in my oldest and in my youngest. But their receptive stuff is just so hard sometimes. It just depends on what moods they're in, you know, if they're in in the mood to see me, so forth. But here in Alamosa, they just don't have the therapies in the valley. They don't have the therapies. I've always wanted to bring something like that to the valley myself. That's been a dream of mine because there's just nothing here that really helps your kids. I really believe if you want to help your kids and you're in the valley, you kind of have to do that yourself. I mean, I, I appreciate the paraprofessionals. I appreciate the school systems. They've been so good to my children. I can't say enough about that but the therapies themselves, they're just lacking here in the Valley so bad. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately I don't have those good things for them here, but I have tried the PECS communication system myself at home. I definitely can see where my kids understand some of the things that I say, but then they can't express, you know, a lot of times, like my oldest, he's so good at listening to me, but he just can't talk. Sometimes it's so hard. Like, and I say talk because in the way he talks to me is he pulls me to what he wants. He shows Mm -hmm. me what he needs. He's very good about that, thankfully, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's hard. I mean, the, the Valley is hard. You probably both know how hard it is here. Mm -hmm. There's just nothing here. (laughs) Not not things like that. Right. Yeah.
0: And I think that's the other thing, you know, when we look at resources and things like that. And how do we even get the resources? Is there ways to do it remotely even, you know, whether it's ABA remote or something like that? You know, we've gone to this remote thing and we're seeing success with it. And so how can that also kind of take place in places like the Valley where there's going to be autism here, especially the neurodivergency that we're seeing in a lot of the kids and stuff? Otherwise, they fall
2: through the cracks. It's you true. Know. It used to be one in 121. Now it's like one in 88. I mean, it just keeps growing. And I've always believed with all of my heart. And that's why I did not vaccinate my second one. But my first one, my mom just pushed and pushed and pushed. And because she took care of him while I started working, when he was two years old, all the lights went out right after those vaccines. And mm-hmm. I'll never believe that it's anything else. Because if you look at that MMR shot, there's a component in it called Thimerosal. And it is relative to mercury. And when you look up mercury poisoning, it is exactly the same thing as autism. All of the symptoms are so similar. They yeah. really are.
0: And I know there's still a lot of research being done. And, you know, we have credible research coming out about it. And I think we always want to know. Right. And then I always wonder, well, why, what, how does knowing change what we have in front of us? You know, even when, I, <laughs> when I'm when i working with, with clients, whether it's something in the past or whatever, I said, how is that going to change what's happening in this moment? You know, and I think that in the moments that we have now because of, and it's not just autism, we're looking at all those neurodivergencies that are just out there. And we don't know, is it nature versus nurture? We don't know any of that. But like I said, I I appreciate the fact that there are people out there researching it and trying to figure it out. But I tell people, all we have is what we're dealing with in the present moment. What are those things? You're doing that. You're saying, if I can't, I don't have the thing available, then I'm going to learn it. And then I'm going to teach it. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you see
1: what I it mean? Sounds like you're very proactive <laughs> with that. And I mean, that's awesome for your kids.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah.
1: They're my whole entire world. Yeah. They really are. <laughs> so that's
0: a lot. And like when we were talking to you, we, we realized this with you. You know, there's a lot that goes on with you, but you still just continue to put that one foot in front of the other. And you have a very positive feel about you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Need yeah. to keep swimming like Dory, <laughs> right? <keep> right? <laughs> there's nothing else you can do.
0: <laughs> well, and I think that's what it is. But I think that sometimes there are many people who will just float. <laughs> yeah.
2: Like, anyways, No. <laughs> we'll take yeah. That out of there. <laughs> but yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I agree. No, and <laughs> so there's always these choices that we can make: we can float, or
2: we can keep swimming. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not to say that I don't get depressed. I have fibromyalgia, and that causes major depression in me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like I just can't function. There are nights that my kids will sometimes go to sleep a little earlier, like 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, and I will just sit there and cry by myself because I have to. You know, like I have to get it all out. I just have to feel a little bit of normalcy because it's like I, I come to work, then I go home. My husband's got a headache or his back's killing him or something happens, And I mean, most of the time he can't do any of the house cleaning. I have clinically diagnosed obsessive compulsive disorder. So that's really something hard for me. I have to have everything in order. I have to have things a certain way. They can't be moved because if they're moved, that change is hard for me. Like everything is horrible. So like I get home, I have to clean. That's the first thing I do before I can even make dinner for the kids. I got to get everything cleaned up. Then I have to give them their food then I have to feed the dogs I'm always on a routine I have to clean their kennels I have to get them let in let out we have five pit bulls also so I have a lot you know of different things that I have to do before I can even start any of my night then by the time all of that's over with I pull my kids phones because I let them have phones I pull their phones we watch movies together I try to get them sleepy and I fight that for about five or six hours until they finally go down so it's Mike can sleep when he wants Mike can kind of do what he wants but Mike's very sick Whereas me, well, I just kind of get stuck with everything and then it's day in, day out, the same thing. So I think everybody has those moments where you're just finally by yourself and you finally kind of have to break down. You know what I
1: mean? And I know you mentioned before (laughs) that you usually take, is it Sunday mornings, that you just have some me time. (laughs) I do. That's really important. I think, and especially in this situation, I mean, you have so much going on. I do. It's nice to just wake up on Sundays and say, you know what, even though I have to write articles today, (laughs) I'm going to put those
2: off till the afternoon and just drink coffee, watch a good scary movie, you know, (laughs) everybody's still asleep. Just take that time for me. And it helps. It helps to regroup. Because
0: that's what everybody does to (laughs) calm down is throw on a scary movie. That's not going to get y'all revved up.
2: (laughs) I'm terrible. I have no
1: idea. But you know, it's
0: funny because I think that there are different (laughs) things, you know.
1: Right.
0: And I think it's because, I don't know, I think sometimes people watch scary movies because they know it's a movie.
2: Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's very unrealistic. (laughs) Exactly.
0: So it's like, it's nothing to deal with realism. That's true.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) And if that's your, you know, form of entertainment, <laughs> my then you should can't. definitely, you know, take that time for yourself no matter what it looks like. <laughs> oh, it is. oh, I'll tell her there are certain movies
0: I won't watch if it's too closely related to my job. ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, nope, you don't know how good it is. I don't care.
2: I'm <laughs> not going to do it.
0: I'll read the review on it or something. I'll call it Good. <laughs> It'll be one of those mysteries to me because I will
2: not do it. Forget it. No, because
0: you're right. So, I mean, it makes sense because you're right. It's outside that realm of realism. So it takes you away from the realism you deal with on a daily.
1: Absolutely. That's a huge focus for us. Even in the podcast, we always talk about self-care and, you know, just taking that time for yourself. It's really important. So I think I agree with that. A hundred (laughs) percent. Yes.
2: Well,
0: I think that we don't do it as much. And I think when you have that regimented schedule, Mm -hmm. you almost have to. And, you know, every client I work with, what are you doing for yourself this weekend? (laughs) And we have to. We have to take that time because when we don't, we cannot feed from an empty bowl. That's true.
2: I like that. I think I've never heard it, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just thought it right now. I have those moments every once in <laughs> a while. <good> <laughs> yeah. It's true. Honestly, when, but, you, when you're when oh. you drained of energy, how are you going to do anything else? That's that's it. Yeah. Exactly. You can't be there for anybody else unless you can be there for yourself. Right.
0: Well, and I think that's it. So I'm going to switch gears just a little bit. How did you get into writing and working for a newspaper?
2: <laughs> yeah. So... That's interesting. I've been a writer my whole life. I love to write. I've actually written 2 eBooks. I have those available right now on Amazon, working on a third. It's always been my dream to be a big writer, though. I've always done really scary short stories. I've had a couple of them published in Albert Hitchcock magazine. I just love to write. My sister was working for the paper for quite some time, and they were looking for a reporter. And because when I was in college, I did do a minor in journalism, she recommended me. So I kind of had to prove first that I had that minor there. And then once I did, he's like, well, send me some of your work and I'll check it out. And he says, well, let's try it. He goes, the worst thing that can happen is because he read my stories and he's like, well, (laughs) that's not a lot of journalism stuff. He goes, but you do have a journalism background. You have a little bit from college. Mm -hmm. So let's give it a try. So I I can honestly tell you girls that the first few articles that I did (laughs) were probably like books for my boss. Oh. He's like, Marie, we have to cut this down. We have to be specific. We are the Moda Vista <laughs> yeah. journal lady. We only
0: have seven pages. Yeah,
2: exactly. He's like, <laughs> we have to be, you know, concise, coherent, complete and clear. I always liked that in school. And that's what he told me. He's like, you have to really narrow it down. So after a couple of months, everything started going really well with it. But in the beginning, it was, it was pretty funny actually. Uh-oh. Cause he was like, you can't write me a book. You have to write me an article. So. <laughs> Here comes Marie with her mini novel. <laughs> yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he told me. So it's just worked. I've been there almost two years and it's been fun and I enjoy meeting new people and, you know, being out there in the community. And to me, that's kind of what drives me. If you want me to tell you the truth, I I mean, I love my job at H&R Block. I love to do T-shirts, tumblers. Even the corporate job was great. But my favorite job is my reporting job because I kind of get to put my own flavor into it. And it's me. And that really means a lot to me. So right, (laughs) it's fun. (laughs) So how do you decide what you're going to write about? (laughs) Honestly, I look all over Facebook. I start scouring social media. I just see what's out there for the week. And then basically I choose my three stories for the week. And that's what I write. It's really cool. It was neat that you girls just came to me Mm -hmm. because I was looking for stories. And then all of a sudden, your Kim, Mm -hmm. you know, contacted me. And I've known her and her family for years. They're great people. And she's like, do you think you would want to do this? And I'm like, yes, I definitely would. That sounds wonderful. You know, It's neat. I mean, people love to hear about people, I think. Yeah. I think it's neat to be able to look at other people and reflect your own journey off of what their journey is, because you can always relate and some things are relative. I look at people and I say, some of the most different people in the world, just kind of match up in the world because they have so many differences and they feed off of each other mm-hmm. and become friends or even closer than that just because of their differences so it's really neat what you girls are doing too oh, <laughs> that's awesome, awesome.
0: <laughs> we 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 mm-hmm. really enjoy it and we're really grateful that cam had said oh i know marie and all that <laughs> like, would yeah. you want it to i said absolutely i said, And I think one of the things is, is I born and raised in the San Luis Valley. I will probably always be a valley girl. You know, I mean, you can't (laughs) take the valley out of us completely. (laughs) No,
2: that's true. You know, she says,
0: when I come back to the valley, I start talking valley again. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Then you take home your valley girl for a (laughs) while. That's pretty
0: cool. Yeah. I think that's neat. (laughs) You know, when I used to work at this one job. They all knew. They would say, you went back home, didn't you? And I would be, there, like, well, how do you know? And then they're, they're like, you talk differently.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Your accent is there. You pick up the little valley accent. I know they always say everybody has one. I know I do. So there's got to be one that exists here.
0: Yeah, there absolutely. is. <laughs> but, you know, even to be able to give back to the San Luis Valley, I feel like it's it's given so much to
1: us. Yeah. Um, we understand what you mean about meeting different people and that, and, and just hearing their stories and that. It's It's great. We've been really enjoying it.
2: It's interesting.
1: Yeah.
0: I think so. My master's is from Adam State University. You
1: mentioned that
0: her bachelor's yeah. is from Adam State. Yeah. Oh, cool. And then I worked for San Luis Valley Mental Health and in school systems here and stuff. So it it holds a special place for me. And of course, you know, my family's been here forever too. So that also helps. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. And I lived here with her for I was. 10 plus years. So, I mean, we made a lot of connections in that time. And it's kind of cool because even through the podcast, we have been able to reconnect with some of those people that we hadn't seen in a while, oh, you know. Oh, that's
0: neat. So, yeah. And I think that when we talk about it, you know, that thing of pay it forward, how do you give back? And people might say, well, how does a podcast give back? You know, you have to listen to the podcast to know because there's, <laughs> there's a message in the podcast that we do. And sometimes people sit there and say, we have one coming up on, Bigfoots how is that mental health? because <laughs> because everything is a journey and you don't understand where somebody's journey starts, exactly. why it starts, mm-hmm. how it does it and how many times we hear when we we talk to these people, it's like there's something spiritual about what we it's a spiritual journey or it's this and you know we don't understand that because we'll sit there and say, oh, that's kind of hokey or whatever. but there's something in it. it. it's a contributing factor to where people are in this moment. That's
1: true. Absolutely. <laughs> a lot of times it has to do with self-discovery and all kinds of things, you know, that it has intrinsic value. And it's it's really cool to tell those stories to, you know, and you, you see it. It's, I don't know, I think it was really cool this last episode that we, that we just did, like she said about the Bigfoot. But it was his journey, you know, and what he experienced through that and how it shaped him as a person. So
2: that is so neat. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, when you look at you, you know, you were going
0: along... And then there's this accident. Yeah.
2: Everyone it never knows what's going to happen. It kind of shifted your journey. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. It did. Would your journey have looked different? Probably. Probably. I'd have finished college and I'd have been a teacher. And <laughs> Oh, that's what <laughs> you wanted really to do? Different. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was in school to be a teacher, actually. I, it was my lifelong dream to be a teacher. I always wanted to be a teacher. And I was on my third year to actually be, if you can believe it, a special education teacher is what I've always wanted to be. Okay. So it's kind of strange how I ended up with special kids, but God mm. knows what he's doing, right? Mm. But yeah, I, I was in college through Grand Canyon University, had a lot of my prerequisites done at Trinidad State. I transferred a lot, and I only had a year and a half to go when we got into the accident. So it just kind of halted everything. My associates in business, but you know how you go through different stages, and you kind of don't know what you want to do? Mm. So you kind of do a whole lot of different things until you figure it out. Well, when I got together with my husband, I thought, well, you know, I want to finish my teaching stuff. I really want to get this done. And then all of it just kind of went a different direction when we got in that accident. So I've always thought about that. Believe me, I really have. But there's nothing I can do about it now. I mean, it's hard because I've been here for 14 years. I've been in so many different places for a long time, and I wouldn't change it because I think that's where God wants me to be. But I see myself making a huge change once JC's ready to go to high school. Because I want to find a remote job and I want to stay home with him and I want to be his teacher because I'm I'm afraid to send him to high school with all the bullying, with a lot of the things that are going on and he can't talk. Mm -hmm. I would never forgive myself if something happened to him when he'd go to high school. So I want to stay home and be his teacher. And I think God is kind of pushing me there because I've thought about it for a while and I'm kind of setting myself up for it. Even though it's a year away, I want to resign completely here and I might keep my newspaper job but I definitely want to be home with him more and try to teach him whatever it is I feel I can within that four-year period when he leaves school you know after junior high so that's my whole setup for (laughs) that's what's coming and I'm going to do the same thing with Austin too so that's that's what I'm going to do
0: well and I think sometimes you know as parents you kind of there are many parents who put certain things on hold you know it's like okay, I, I'm going to stop working, and then when my kid gets into kinder or whatever, f- a full day, then I'll go back to work. You know, I mean, I think people modify and do all those kind of things. And when, even when you don't have kids, you know, you do it for different reasons. Absolutely. It's all okay, and I tell people it doesn't matter. It's still part of the journey. It is. And sometimes, you know, we kind of do these little offshoots, but it
2: brings us back to where we need to be. Absolutely. I you agree. know. Uh, I mean, I'd love to do that now. I'd love to be home with them more now and have, a remote job that would allow me to, but with my bills and everything, you also have to be a realistic person and know what your limitations are. So I'm working towards that goal, ultimately. So
0: oh, nice. <laughs> well, hopefully you'll get there sooner than later.
2: Thank you. Uh,
0: all right. So you said you wrote two e-books. I have. What are What
2: are the names of your e-books? Um, the Brothers McClintock is what they're called. It's all based around a big cowboy family, and there is some spooky. <laughs> In there. As Imagine well. <laughs> that. All oh, right. right. How how did you get into liking spooky? <laughs> yeah. I just did when I was young, my mom actually used to watch a lot of scary movies, and we used to watch them with her, and we just ended up loving them. My brother's the same way. My sister, not so much. She never really was like we were, but and then I've always raised my kids on those. I mean, my, my son JC's terrible one year for Halloween. We were in Walmart, and he was like three years old, I think, maybe four. And there was a big zombie in Walmart. And, you know, he he's really friendly. He loves people, even though he has autism. I mean, he loves people. That's not stereotyping, but it's true. And he tried to take off with that big zombie. Oh, my. <laughs> and his wife was like, whoa. Well, she was like, what is your son doing? No, nope, none of the kids want to be around my husband. And I'm like, well.
0: He wants to his make friends. A friend.
2: <laughs> he oh, likes funny. stuff like that. So I've always just kind of been raised around it, and my kids love it too. I'm kind of a morbid person. I'm interested in death too. Mm-hmm. I like to like watch movies, you know, true crime movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I just think stuff like that's interesting. I don't know why. It's funny because I love God and I'm so spiritual, but that's my dark side there. So well, I don't
0: know. <laughs> I mean, come on, you're you're from the San Luis Valley. Where where more can you get freaky
2: and weird that's at? True. Come on now. I was raised here. we were, I was born in Denver, raised here since I was two. So, I mean, basically, I'm just here. I mean, all of us are, so. Yeah, but you yeah. know, and that, there's a little bit
0: of a freak show sometimes here in the Valley, and you got to love it. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Definitely
1: some mystery
2: going on here. <laughs> absolutely, I agree. Oh, well, with the stuff that's happened here lately, we won't add all that in, but you guys know what I'm talking about. It's like, gee, mm-hmm. never knew how scary this Valley really was. Nice. Well, you know what I think the thing
0: is, hmm. is that... I think what's interesting is, you know, you said you started this out with your mom. Whatever binds us, it could be scary. It could be, you know, some it's football.
2: Yep.
1: Yeah. We were
0: too scary. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, because we do. We watch a whole array of things. Yeah. Uh, and everything from Gaia and transcending the mi- you know, the mind, body, all that stuff to. The Conjuring. The
1: Conjuring. <laughs> all kinds of scary it. movies and things like that. Yeah. And I think
0: it's because there's something in all of it, you know, is it, it, you know, there's entertainment value in it. There's, you know, we're always saying, how do they know that? <laughs> yeah. You know, we're always there like, hmm.
1: How do you be an <laughs> expert on ghosts? I don't know.
0: <laughs> when were you one and how did that feel? Yes. It becomes my thing, you know, I don't get it. Yeah.
2: Oh my gosh! You know,
0: (laughs) (laughs) well, you know, we we do, we do, we like to critically think sometimes, (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. and then we watch all kinds of documentary type stuff. So yeah, I mean,
0: we're all you ask us anything about Blue Planet or Animal Planet, we're right there with you. (laughs)
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, I was telling here the other thing is, is in my job, I always say I have a wealth of this information that just takes up space, because inevitably one of my clients will give me some fact, and I'll say, oh yeah, this is. They'll say. How do you know that? <laughs> I'll say because I've been doing this for 20 plus years and I have all these facts stored and people tell me some of the strangest things sometimes are just little tidbits of information and I store it <laughs> <laughs> and they will be talking. And what's really funny is my kiddos that I work with on the spectrum, they will challenge me <laughs> if I give them something. I already know their little brains, but I'm going to go Google that. Well, you Google. How cute. Yeah. Then they'll come back and we'll have a conversation about it. (laughs) Miss Sharon, how did you know that? I'm all knowing. How can you know everything? (laughs) (laughs) You picked it up somewhere. (laughs) You know, but that's what it is. You know, it's those little things. Everything that we do, there's a conversation to be had with somebody. That's true. And you don't realize it, you know, until you start having those conversations who were we talking to the other day? And they were talking in movie things and were there like, Oh, we know that.
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> our, one of our guests, uh, that's actually being her, hers. Her episodes hers. comes out tomorrow. And oh, wow. she said something, go Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> she talks in movie quotes and we do that. We, do, really we do too. Yeah. Cool. yeah. That is so cool. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: Well, I think it just, you know, it's just that stuff you you store and then it becomes a way of a form of communication. And I say, I don't care what the communication is, use it. Yes. Communicate, communicate. Your children have a different form of communication. They don't need to learn ours. We need to learn theirs. Absolutely. When we learn their communication, then we can move them to ours a little bit. Absolutely. But we're so stuck on teaching them to be like the neurotypicals.
2: Yep, I agree with that. And I don't know if that's always such a good idea. <laughs> no. Well, no, it's like I've always told everybody, I think my kids, especially JC, he has the most beautiful eyes in the world because he's nonverbal autistic, so he doesn't see the hate in the world, he doesn't see the colors, he doesn't understand how people fight, he doesn't understand any of that because he's just beautiful, he is what God created to be here. He really is. He's just, he's beautiful. He sees everything through the most beautiful eyes. And he teaches me a lot that way. He really does.
0: I have to admit that their connection that they're, they make, and it's so interesting because you learn to follow their train of thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when you follow their train of thought, it actually makes sense. And <laughs> in, in their world, it really does. It does. But once again, when we try, you know, I think as people, We don't want somebody to go tell us how to think and how to feel and how to react and how to do this. But, yeah, we often do that with our kids. We do. Walk in a straight line. (laughs) Uh, You're walking to get in the box, you know, and all of that. And then you have those little kids, I don't want to go in the box. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was our interview (laughs) yesterday. (laughs) I don't want to be in the box. Yes. But we want them in the box because them being in the box makes the one who created the box feel better. Yes. Have more control.
2: I agree. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the thing is, is that we develop these much healthier, more beautiful relationships when we allow people to be who they are. And I think working with the autism spectrum has definitely helped me with that. You know, oh, and kids do. Because she says I can be a six-year-old as
1: fast as anybody else. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. She can really get into that mode so easily. That's
2: neat. Yeah. But then that shows that she's on their perspective, too, on their wavelength, and that probably helps them. Oh,
0: yes. Absolutely. Yeah, she just says, please don't do it in our relationship.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't need a (laughs) (laughs) six-year-old. That would be the wrong time to do it. There you go. (laughs) But, no, I
0: think Mm. those are the things, you know, when we look at, when we're looking at life, as I said, you know, you're on this journey where you're trying to, navigate you know it's like you're wearing so many hats you know and you're trying to do the best for you for your family and even for the community because you know when you're writing and you're doing those things you're wanting to put something out that the community can sit there i mean you don't want to put out
2: trash because then they're gonna look at you (laughs) and say (laughs) absolutely you want to put something interesting you want to show them i i think it's neat when you can Write about things that happen, and you can make it interesting enough that people want to read it and enjoy it. And you help them with their day, you know. Oh, I just saw that there was a sea stray hunt, and this little girl was holding this bunny's hand, or this, you know, these kids were enjoying themselves so much they won this. You make people happy by seeing other happy things. I mean, it's just all relative i always try to be positive you don't have to put this in there but even when my glass is only half full of shit i always say at least it's full of something right that's what i always tell everybody well
0: exactly something is better than nothing exactly and i think we are in this sometimes we have this perception that if if i can't have it all i'm not going to have any of it yes and even when i work with kiddos I don't work with kids anymore. Um, (laughs) But when I did it, they're like, Miss, I'm not going to do it. Okay, so you'd rather have zero than one. Well, one is better than zero. Then get a one on the assignment. Get a 10 on the assignment.
2: Get something.
0: Something. Absolutely. If you, you know, maybe you won't make the team, but you at least get a tryout. So you get to meet people or whatever that is. It's have an investment in you. There's a lot to be said for effort. <laughs>
1: yes, I agree with well, that.
0: Well, and, and we talk so much about the thing of investing in you and stepping outside that comfort zone because we've definitely done that mm-hmm. through podcasting. You did that with
1: your sinking and
2: everything
1: that you did too. That is so neat. Yeah. that took a lot. <laughs> I feel like that that has come through, you know, doing podcasting. I feel like that I've, you know, gained more of a voice that way. And I feel like that I had the courage to sign up to do that. You know, just because I've put myself out there in a different way through podcasting. Yeah, it really is. Well, and it's that fear that holds us. And
0: I always tell people fear is a creation in our mind. When we look at it, there's only such a small percentage of things that are truly something that we should fear. That's true. Everything else becomes that creation based on everybody else's input into our life of who we're supposed to be. And then when we're not that, then all the other Hence why I get to be a therapist for a very long time if I want to, because we continue to do these things, you know. People could have gone to you and said, that's too much, you know, don't do that. Or there's places
2: for your kids or, yeah, all of these things. Yeah, absolutely. I hear that all the time. I hear people say, are you putting them in Blue Peaks? Or, are you going to try to be a, a parent for the rest of your life? Or, I'm like, well, as long as God will allow me until God takes me from this earth, I'm going to be their parent. I mean, not... I'm not going to give up on them. I never have, you know. It's like you can't, can't give up. And like you say, fear is, I know what fear is. I when, when JC was two and he was diagnosed with autism and they told me that he had autism, I was so scared. I looked at my son and I thought, okay, what are you going to do, Marie? Are you going to accept this? Are you going to just kind of let him go through his life and, you know, just raise him or give up on him. I mean, what are you going to do? The first thought that was in my mind was this is still my son. doesn't matter what he has, but this is still my son. And the only way he's going to overcome it and get through it is if I fight for him, because if I don't fight for him, then someday when he's 18 years old and he's mindless and he's a zombie, I'm going to tell myself, well, what the hell did you do? Why weren't you a mom? Why did you just let him go through his life and never get anywhere? Either I let him go through his life and not get anywhere or I fight like hell. And that's what I decided to do. And I'm still fighting. I'm going to fight until the day he dies, you know, mm-hmm. until the day I'm not here anymore. So yeah. that's just like you say, it's fear, but you have to overcome it and you have to get through it, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, then you realize that the fear is something that's generated in your mind. And it's like, okay, well, okay, well, now I know that's not a real thing. Now what can I do? Then you get to go into the action phase of something. Absolutely. When I'm in that place of fear, I'm stuck, you know? scary, Absolutely. Well, it is. And I think the other thing is, is we also sit there and talk about, well, what is this quality of life? You don't know. No, nope. you don't. The thing is, is they get the joy we get out of what brings me joy or you joy or anybody joy is so different.
2: It is.
0: And people, well, they're not living a very good life or they're not very happy or whatever it is. And you can be there, the happiest person. But once again, it's somebody else's perception of what we are supposed to be doing or not doing that I think really
2: gets in our way. Mm-hmm. How oh much best. do we talk about okay. that? Yeah. It's it's the truth. It really is. When one guy in Walmart changed my whole perspective on things for the rest of my life with my son, he looked at my son and he says he has autism, right? And that was my soon-to-be 15-year-old, my JC. And I said, he sure does. He goes, does that ever make you feel bad? And I told him that. Sometimes I feel bad, I said, but I feel bad because the world looks at him a certain way, not because he's not happy And he goes, you just said it all in one sentence. And I said, and what was that? And he goes, be happy for your son because he is happy. It doesn't matter how the world looks at him. As long as he's happy, be happy for your son. And that changed everything for me. Like it really did because it's the truth. As long as he's happy, it doesn't matter what he can't do. It matters what he can do. You know what I mean? And what is making him happy? His ability to be happy. So I don't feel cheated. I never feel cheated. I love my kids. I actually think they're a big gift to me because they've changed my perspective on so many things. And I don't think that my perspective would be as great and I would fight as hard if I didn't have such a challenge in front of me. And if the end result wasn't worth it, you know what I mean? Because they're definitely worth it to me. No matter what I go through in this life, they they are the reason I exist and breathe always. You know what I mean? So making those choices and decisions, I,
0: you know, any choice and decision we make, We never know what the outcome is totally going to be because we don't control those things. Absolutely. But we do control how we behave and act and what we do in every situation that comes our way.
2: That's true.
0: You know, and I think that becomes the biggest thing that I think we talk a lot about that as
1: well. You know, with those challenges, what can you do? Yeah, what's going to be your response and what you can contribute? And, I mean, look, what you're doing for him is being able to give him tools to help him, you know, along the way. Absolutely. And you know what I think is
0: so interesting is love is such a universal language and no word needs to be spoken. It's true. When you really think, no word needs to be spoken to
2: convey that we love somebody. That's true. It's it's actually interesting (laughs) that you would say that because that's my motto so bad. Oh, I am his voice.
0: He is my heart. That is cool. That is. (laughs) And and it's true. You know, and I think we get so caught up in this thing of, once again, the verbalization of stuff. There are so many ways to communicate. So many ways to communicate. But we get so stuck on the verbal communication. It is our body, which is really interesting because people are there about verbal communication. But we often aren't looking at, we're not hearing verbal communication. We're actually looking at the body. So even though we're all fighting for more verbalization, it's the way in which we communicate that's actually the thing in there. But oftentimes people are not listening to the words and or that they're busy looking at does the words and the behavior match up? Because if they don't, then they go with the behavior and not the words. That's true. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, so we, we sit here with, well, he can't speak. Oh, yes, he speaks volumes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Look
0: absolutely. at a baby. Babies don't talk, but man can... Do
2: they speak volumes?
0: They can. Mm
2: -hmm. They blow you kisses. They hug you. They love you. I mean, they're just... And when
0: they're mad, you know it. And
2: Mm -hmm. when they need something, you know it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They know how to convey a
0: message. I always thought that was interesting because, you know, moms, oh, they're hungry. (laughs) No, they were just crying. (laughs) Oh, they need their diaper changed. (laughs) Seriously, they just cried. But it's it. you learn their language, (laughs) so you are learning, they're speaking to you. And then, you know, the people that don't know, do you need something to eat? Do you use your diaper? You know, is it time for bed? Going through
1: the list. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like you and the dog. Yes. <laughs> I have to do that with her. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? And she communicates with her. She does. I believe it. And she'll
0: just sit there and look at her if the answer is no. <laughs> then when she hits yeah. the right thing, she pounces on her. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And trust me, she's nonverbal. She's not spoken a word. <laughs> But she speaks volumes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think, so cool. <laughs> well, you know, once again, it just goes to show whether somebody's verbal or not verbal or their speech is slower, because sometimes the truth is, is our words come so much faster that oftentimes a lot of us should learn to slow it down a little bit because we tend to speak and we should slow down and kind of think about what we say. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that either way, everything you're doing is still mm-hmm. on that path. You wanted to be a teacher in special education and you're a teacher every day. That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't even need the degree. No. Nope. <laughs> but I think that sometimes we just often even need to shift that my goal and my dream, and I feel like I didn't get my dream. Yes, you did.
2: Right. It just came
0: into your home.
2: That's true. <laughs> yeah. I never looked at it. You time. do a
0: teacher every single true. day. Yep. 24 seven, whether you want to <laughs> or not. Right. <laughs> That's no, true. but I think once again, it's how do we shift our perspective about things? I don't think you gave up on your dream. I think your dream just came to you.
2: That's true. Yeah. You know what I mean? God brought it to me. Absolutely. <laughs> and so
0: you can learn more skills. You can learn all sorts of stuff in order to help them be successful. And it sounds like you you want to do that. And when we're done, I'll give you some resources as well that yeah, you yeah. can kind of use. Because autism is one of my, it is one of my passions. I, I tell her I absolutely love it. Wow. I love, I'm always grateful for every one of my clients because they invite me in on their journey. And I'm grateful for the time I get to be on that journey. Mm-hmm. And with kids with autism or adults, I have both. They teach you something in a different way. And we're so busy trying to change them or get them up to speed or whatever it is. I don't even know that we forget that there's uniqueness in all of us and we've got to embrace that uniqueness and i think that's what you're doing with your children is you're embracing that uniqueness of them and you're not sitting there saying oh my god i got to make my kid verbal or whatever it is <laughs> mm-hmm. that ship has sailed yeah <laughs> you know? that's what i've said <laughs> so marie you're doing these amazing things i know it's not an easy journey as you've said you know nobody wants to have to work four jobs to provide for your family but your willingness to do it mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Your willingness to do it. (laughs) That is what this podcast is about. Showcasing those people who, through adversity or whatever it is, will say, I'm going to stay on my path. I will not float. I will just keep swimming. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and it sounds like that's what you're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And with a little supernatural on the side. How can you go wrong with
2: that? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Amen to that. (laughs) You know, you kind of draw them into your web, don't you? <laughs> <I know. laughs> well, oh, my kids are totally excited about the new Evil Ted. <laughs> oh. I've already pre bought it too. <laughs> See, we don't do those words No. Uh, yeah. no. I don't. no, I don't think so, huh?
1: Yeah. Oh, I, I just love scary movies. Yeah. But <laughs> well, it's neat that you guys have that connection. And it's something you shared with your mom. So, you yeah. know. You're making Continue. this a generational thing. I know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> And so it is, it really is a neat thing, you know, and it's about the connectedness. And one of our biggest thing is what? We are all connected. connected. Yeah, it's true. We all share <laughs> things in common and we embrace those and it grows. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Yep. So we want to thank you so much <laughs> yes, uh, you. for being on our podcast, you, for sharing your story. And hopefully others who hear it can be inspired by it. And if they have children on the autism spectrum or the neurodivergency, they can say, "Oh, you know what? It's okay. They're speaking to me." And you know that things happen, like an accident comes and happens, but it doesn't have to derail you completely. You don't have to just sit there and float.
2: Absolutely. Right.
0: So, Mm -hmm. thank you, thank you so much for being here and being with us. And thank you all for listening. We so appreciate it. We are so grateful as always. Have a really great week, and we will be back. Bye.